welcome to the double double here on KLJX LP Flagstaff. I'm here with my co-host Tyler Murphy on a Monday morning for our final show this semester here. We have two wonderful guests with us when Colby Young and one of our station managers, Michael Manny. How are you doing today, Tyler? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, Tony. You know, been kind of a crazy little hectic day. Just ran here. Uh, made it in the nick of time. But I think you got I think you got the times wrong. You said beautiful Monday morning here. Oh. It's <laughs> 7 p.m. Yeah, Amen. you tell him, Michael. Hey, Amen. And I was the one late. Hey, <laughs> it's it's a Monday. Mm -hmm. What do you expect? It's a Monday. It was yeah. kind of a slow Monday today. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, hey. But we have a good list of topics of what's happened in the past week. We just had the NFL draft last Thursday and through the weekend. So, I mean, let's get into it. Let's talk about the first round. I mean, Tyler, what is your opinion on the first round here this year? You know, it kind of went as expected, I thought, for number one and number two with Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Um, Will Levis falling out the first round. That was, you know, I saw a stat uh, that 91% of an or analysts at ESPN had Will Levis going in the first round. And, you know, I've, I forget what I've said previously on the week specifically when, where he was going or when he was going to go, but I just I didn't like him personally compared to the other quarterbacks that were available. And he went second round to where? The, uh, Titans. the Titans. So he's a third string in Tennessee. He would have. The funny thing is, is that it was the thirty-second pick. So he, oh, te he wow. technically would have been Porter a first. Junior was the thirty-second pick. I thought. Le oh no, Levis is thirty-third. Yeah, he was right 33rd. after. Well, okay, so I'm wrong, but I didn't like. I've been saying for months now that Will Levis is this year's Zach Wilson, where it's just like a guy <laughs> with. Incredible, incredible physical tools that the scouts and the the NFL draft media machine just gets enamored with. I think Levis has some talent, and I I would love to see him succeed. He's got an unbelievable arm. He's fairly athletic, and he was something to note is this past year he was playing hurt pretty much the entire year. So in the year before that, if you go back and watch any of the tape from them, you can see why. Uh, and like the draft analysts and scouts were salivating over him, <sighs> but it's it's still yeah. I would have put I would have put you know it's Bryce Young it's C.J. Stroud, Hendon Hooker I w I wish Hendon Hooker hadn't torn his ACL because I remember yeah I remember he he was a Heisman he hopeful was, he was he oh was. he would have gone definitely, definitely first first at least top ten if he didn't tear his ACL Colby wh what do you think on the first round. Yeah, there is there is some very interesting picks. Bijan to Atlanta. After, yeah. Uh, after up. Algier had a great year last year, and the Lions taking Jameer Gibbs, I think that was his. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jameer, Jameer Gibbs, Gibbs. That was surprising because they needed secondary help really bad, and bad. Christian Gonzalez was right there. So a few teams stunned me, but you know that that happens every year. So you're surprised, but. Somebody, somebody's gonna eventually take a surprise pick. So, yeah, it definitely happens every year. I mean, we see it all the time. I think it was so surprising. I mean, you had a pretty solid guy in DeAndre Swift, and now who joined the Super Bowl contenders, the, the Eagles. Eagles. 
and just made them even stronger after the parting of uh, Miles Sanders. So well, the Eagles needed, the Eagles needed a running back. back. They got it. I feel like they were going to draft Bijan uh, Robinson before he got taken. Uh, right, that's what we were talking and about. And then got swooped. So the Eagles already had they already had Boston Scott and they had uh, why am I? Devershad Penny that they just picked they up. They did pick up Rashad Penny. Right. I don't think running back was really a need for them, but they just it, they went out and got DeAndre Swift, and then also the entire Georgia Bulldog uh, defense. defense. Defense, yeah, that, I saw that. That front seven on their defense is absolutely terrifying. Yeah. You have Hassan Riddick, Fletcher Cox, Jor- Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, oh, someone I'm missing, Brandon Graham. That front seven is. Absolutely terrifying. The NFC East is going to be put on watch with their offensive line. Everyone who plays the Eagles this season better hope their offensive line is up to shape with yeah. the amount of depth they have. Yeah, you know what's the problem with my team, the Commanders? Ooh. We usually have a lot of problems on our offensive lines, especially with injury. So I remember when I, I saw that the Eagles draft Jalen Carter, and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, so we have Sam Howell at quarterback. <laughs> we have Sam Howell in the pocket. You know, I had hopes for him, you know, because he, he did good against the Cowboys when they had something to play for at the on the last oh, right. game of the season last year. But, you know, <laughs> it's, it's going to be tough because Commanders – I've, it feels like ever since middle school, I've watched them, and their offensive line just goes down at least by week eight. Speaking of the commanders, I saw something. What do you feel about the fifth-year option not being picked up for Chase Young? You know, I think it's gonna be. It's definitely gonna be a question between him or uh, Montez Sweat, because Montez Sweat hasn't isn't under contract, right? He. I believe he might have another year. Yeah. Yeah. So. He had, this might be his last year also, and Chase Young they didn't they declined his fifth year, so they're obviously gonna see between the two who's gonna get who's gonna play better, so who's gonna get the bigger check. I think that's what's gonna really happen later down the road. I'm really excited for Chase Young to come out on the scene. I mean, it's been what was the draft when he got when did he get drafted? 2020. Uh, it it was like the that. year. The Redskins changed their name to the football team because he got drafted a Redskin. That's correct. That is correct. So I'm pretty sure it was the 2020 draft. Either 2020 or 2019. I think it was 2020, yeah, Mm -hmm. because he played in 2019. But it's still – I mean, he has like maybe one and a half full seasons under his belt. I think it's more than than one and a half, but he hasn't been healthy in no, yeah, I don't think he's played a full like no, he has sixteen games. He has not played a full. Uh, it was twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah, I just looked. He was the second overall pick. He has played uh, in his three seasons: fifteen games, nine games, three games. Oh, wow, what a just deal just went down hill for him quick. Yeah, that's wow. It kind of sucks seeing that because I yeah he hasn't been. It's so terrible. He's he was supposed to be that guy, and he was a Heisman finalist in that year, and was was he the second pick? Yeah, he as was the well. Second. And the thing wow, that, I mean, he was the first like defensive player nominated for the Heisman since Charles Woodson, correct? No, no. The yeah. defensive player, I believe I've, so. Yeah, 
No, because Mon, uh, oh, no, Manti no. Teo was oh, a Heisman Manti finalist Teo. as well. Yeah. I think Jabril Peppers was as well. Yep. Yeah. So there's been a few, but a select few. Charles Woodson was just the one, one the one it. and only <laughs> defensive player to win it. Crazy. Let's, yeah. Let's move on to the back to the first round here. Let's talk about the Texans. I was about to say C.J. Stroud and then trading to the third pick to go and get Will Anderson Jr. I mean, Colby, what's your opinion on that? I think it's a win-win for both teams. For the Cardinals, you need draft picks. You need, you need, you just need, you just need bodies. And for the Texans, you get two, hopefully solid franchise guys to build around. I find it very hard to believe that they'll both be busts and. Yeah, it's just I think it's just great for both teams, and the Texans are gonna have a really bright future. Who do they have C.J. Stroud throwing to? Oh, on their on their wide receiver receiver depth well, chart. Well, Brandon Cooks is chart. gone now, so Brandon Cooks is one of the most underrated receivers out there. And once he got hit in the Super Bowl and concussed, I mean, he's had to have he's had a thousand yards every season. That's productive, yeah. It's just, you know, he wasn't that superstar, I feel like, X-Factor that he used to be. Or maybe he's just on, he was on the Texans. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he really has nobody to throw to. Notable names, Robert Woods is there, and they just got John Michi back after he beat cancer, so. I like, I like Robert Woods. He's, he's older, solid. he's hurt, but you know what, I like Robert Woods. He's, he's some good veteran uh, talent, at least, yeah. I would say. I mean, I'm waiting. I want to see what John Michi can do yeah. from coming back from that because I believe he is in their training camp or what other offseason program right now. Yeah. So, I mean. He had, yeah, he got. Looking to leukemia, see what he can do. He had leukemia. Yeah. Yeah. And he just got cleared yeah. to play. I, something I want to point out is that. So, I have. Uh, I got to see Quentin Johnston up close covering the festival. Mm-hmm. In January, I think that's a steal for the Chargers. Who Keenan Allen is a great. He's one of the best but wide receivers of the last decade, but he's the only. He's not getting any. He? Young, it's injuries. He's not getting any younger, uh, and he's. Well, going, he's only gonna. I think he's one of those guys that's only kind of kind of going to break down. I don't know. If I'll you tell can, you. I'll tell you what. Yeah. My buddies were seeing him in the club in Vegas a couple weekends ago, so he his body might already be breaking down, and he's already enjoying retirement. And Mike, <laughs> well, and Mike Williams too. I don't. <laughs> I Mike Williams. I don't hey, know Odell was there too, though, at the right. same club, which was weird. Mike Williams. I don't know if you can really. He's been relatively healthy, which that was a thing that was his a knock on him coming into his draft is that can he give you 16 games? And he, he's gotten close to that. I mean, since 2019, he's played 15, 15, 16, 13. So that's almost better than I think people were expecting. But still, I don't know if Mike Williams is number one quality. I think Quentin Johnston can be that because I think Quentin Johnston is one of those rare guys one of those rare big guys that also is way faster than he should be at that size. So that's a steal for the Chargers. I mean, speaking of getting a steal in the draft and a receiver, mind you, Jackson Smith and the Jigba to the Seahawks. That receiving core, I mean, the receiving core just got really buffed up after this draft, including the Chargers. 
and the Seahawks now have DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and JSN. So, I mean, with Geno Smith playing the way he did last year, Tyler, what do you think the receiving core is going to do this year with this the addition of JSN? Uh, I'm not really too familiar with him. I'm sorry. What, where, where did he play? Ohio State. Ohio State. Okay. Um, obviously, then they're going to be – I mean, Ohio State's been able to produce uh, a lot of receivers out in the recent coming years. Who's their one that the Saints just picked up last year? I'm, Charles Olave. Charles Olave. I remember watching – Chris Olave. Chris Olave. And – was it also Chris Olave that broke the uh, single season or single most yards uh, received in the Rose Bowl two I, years ago? I, I know it was. I know it was a Ohio State receiver. I because I did witness that game in person. <laughs> I. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I think so. If I remember correctly. Yeah. I don't know. They've had some loaded receivers. Yeah. As I. Of, uh, recent. I just know that Chris Olave is. Out after his first year in the NFL and going into his second, I know he's going to put more build on top of his frame, and he's just going to continue to do things that are just. Uh, I think he's going to improve in his second year, especially with Derek Carr at quarterback. But um, what's what's this guy's name again? I'm sorry, Jackson Smith and the Jigba. Jackson Smith and the Jigba. If he was. Chris Olave's teammate, I could see him doing some great things in the NFL and really helping his team out. Team out. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's always a time-will-tell kind of thing with mm-hmm. some of these guys. I mean, he had a really promising career at Ohio State. He played very well, and especially in those uh, – in the – well, what bowl was it? When Ohio State played Georgia. Uh, uh, the – Peach Bowl. Peach Bowl. Yeah. He played really solid there. I mean, Ohio State was right there with Georgia and just couldn't hang on. But, I mean, he played very solid in that game. I mean. And, and I mean, last last year was a receiver-laden draft. So, I think it's, it's just interesting, the pendulum swing of how the first wide receiver to go in this draft. I mean, it was Jackson Smith and Jigba. He didn't go till 20 when last year – receivers were flying off the board mm-hmm. really really quickly in the first round you know, and then they went it went uh jsn quentin johnston zay flowers and jordan addison back to back to back to back out of those the most i'm excited for that that was for me running i, <laughs> I was trying to catch my breath um and this is total bias probably because i was talking about him a lot last week um was jordan addison but him going to the Vikings, that is going to be exciting with Justin Jefferson to see what they can do. I'm, I'm really excited. To see, I love Kirk Cousins. He when he was on the Redskins, I was personally a fan of him. You like that? Yeah, yeah. I will always remember that. You like that? You like that? But I think they just got another huge piece at wide receiver that is only going to free up Justin Jefferson, uh, just Justin Jefferson even more. But Colby, what what kind of late uh, first round picks did you think are going to be making a difference for the t- for uh, for a team in the draft? I really like Dalton Kincaid. I think Buffalo. A tight end wasn't 
their biggest need, but it was a need. Mm-hmm. Also, Knox isn't, you know, he's decent, but not elite. And I, watching Dalton Kincaid, he's really big, really ver- um, just really athletic, and I think he can do a lot of damage. And I think he, this was a great pick for Buffalo. A lot of people weren't really happy with it. They wanted, well, they, I think they, they wanted some secondary help or um, a replacement for Tremaine Edmonds. But I think they really, they really did a good job here drafting Dalton Kincaid. Yeah, I think that was a very solid pick for them. And I mean, now they have just it's just more of a threat that they're going to have in the passing game. Yeah. Because now they can run a two tight end set if they want. They don't even have to pass it. They can run and run pass option and just be have a set and two pretty good pass catchers in Knox, and then you got Stephon Diggs as well. So, I mean, the Bills, very solid pickup from them. So let's get into kind of the later round draft pickups. One notable for me was from the Giants. I just had his name. They picked up the Tennessee wide receiver, which was a pretty good steal later in the draft. Hyatt? Hyatt, yeah. Hyatt from Tennessee was a pretty good steal in the draft getting them late the Giants need wide receiver help desperately and I believe we I think we got them in the third round because yeah we took uh, the center from Minnesota in the second I believe but the Giants desperately need the receiver help Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard just don't cut it they're two guys that play very similar and they just need a guy that's going to go out there and be that number one guy. So I think that's a pretty good late pickup. I mean, Michael, what do you think is one of the better later pickups in the draft? Uh, as far as... So the Packers, we got to give a round of applause to the Packers. They picked a wide receiver. <laughs> hey! Not in the first round. Not though. in the first round. But, but they picked yeah, one. But Finally. Not in the first, but they picked one. So Jordan Love might actually have some people to throw to, I think. Jaden Reed from Michigan State. I think that's a very solid pickup for the Packers. Brian Branch fell in the second round, which I was not expecting him to fall where he fell. So the Lions picked him up. And also, I, I got to say, I don't, I don't know if quarterback is the biggest need in the world for the Lions because Jared Goff is – nobody mm-hmm. was expecting mm-hmm. anything out of Jared Goff when he was kind of shipped off to Detroit to go rot away in exile. But I think Jared Goff's kind of revived his career in Detroit, especially this last year. I agree with you, so, Michael. I agree with that. So I think that quarterback is not the biggest need in the world. But Hendon Hooker, the good thing about Hendon Hooker going to Detroit is that he doesn't have to worry about playing right away. He can rehab and get healthy. And maybe in a year or two, he can. It can be the Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers thing, where he can, it can get handed off to him in a year or two. Because Jared Goff, I think, is still very serviceable, but that's not a bad place for him to go, just because he doesn't have to worry about playing right away. I to- I totally agree with you, Michael. Um, I was actually gonna, <laughs> I was gonna bring Hendon Hooker up myself, but you beat me to the punch. I think him going at sixty-eight. Um, in round three, I mean, he did tear his ACL. He is a bit older at 26, but I do like how he plays. And he, I mean, he's been able to produce at Tennessee with multiple 3,000. Um, forgive me, I don't know if he did break 3,000 in uh, two years ago, but I know he did this year in passing. And while 
he did injure himself. So I think this is a good situation for him. He can ease in um, to the Lions. But I am kind of wondering about Jared Goff because you did say he revived his career, which I do agree with. Um, but how many more years does he is he under contract with the Lions? Uh, I can. Look, I think he has one, maybe two. I think it's one, maybe two. All right. So if the, if it's one to two, then they're definitely not going to re-sign him. And I can't see them having him longer than that either, really. We've seen Mahomes go down twice and the Chiefs, like, recent playoff success. And I think ha- having a backup quarterback is really, really important. It might be, it might be more than, might be more important than, you know, sometimes drafting a position need because if you have, you know, somebody who has absolutely no experience, isn't really good, you're done. Mm-hmm. If your quarterback's out for a long period of time, you're you're done. Jared Goff is under contract for two more years, but there is an opt-out clause after 2023. So the Lions could get out of his contract after this year, but he's under contract for two more years. All right. So it's probably going to see, like, of a situation of how he performs this year. (coughs) Excuse me. And how much they really believe and put trust into um, Hendon Hooker going forward. But, Michael, was there any other late-round picks that you liked? Because I know, I know, I think it was in the second round. I can't get to the name right now, and I am going to absolutely butcher it because it was a linebacker from USC. I was just, I was oh. just looking at him. <laughs> I was looking at his name. I'm like, It's Tuli Tulupit. Oh, I'm sorry. Tuli Tulupit, though? Um, but he is an absolute playmaker. At linebacker, I truly believe. I have one, a linebacker as well. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Tony. You go. I've got one. I hear it. From the Big Sky Conference, Sacramento State. Marte Mapu from Sacramento State. He was the Big Sky Defensive Player of the Year. And he had, he started in 13 games. He had 76 tackles, six and a half for loss, two interceptions, four pass breakups, and a blocked kick last season. And the Seahawks also. This is another guy I got to see play. I got to see play in person. Uh, the Seahawks in the fifth round went and got center Olu Oluwatimi from Michigan, who was the best offensive lineman in the country last year. He won the Outland Trophy. He won the Remington Trophy, as the both as the best. The the Outland Trophy that's the best interior lineman in America. The uh, Remington Trophy is the best center in the nation. He won both of those last year. That Michigan offensive line was pretty unbelievable last year and he was the biggest part of that so I think for Seattle that's in the fifth round I was expecting him to go maybe not second or third round but I I don't know if I was expecting him to go in the fifth so I think that's a pretty big steal if you're Seattle yeah for definitely for sure they did have a little trouble with their offensive line this season so now protecting Geno Smith after the season he just had is a must for them and especially now with the addition of JSN as well, he's going to get a little more time to throw. So, I mean, I think it's a pretty solid pickup. Mm-hmm. I mean, does anyone else have any late kind of sleeper picks 
that were picked in the later rounds? You know, it's not a later round, but it was a questionable pick in the first round to my commanders, Emmanuel Forbes. A lot of people had questions about him being only about 165 pounds, the same weight as myself. I'll give him five pounds on me right now, maybe three, depending on what time of day it is. But, I mean, I think he's an absolute ball hawk. I think he had the most tied interceptions in college football uh, for a season at one point. I was reading up his stats at one point. I should have screenshotted that or saved that. But I'm <coughs> the commanders did need a little help on their defensive backs because we did let some go this season. So I am interested in the young talent that we picked up um, in the first and second round because we also did pick up another defensive back. uh, I'm going to slide this name, sorry. Uh, Jatavius Martin. No? Jatavius Martin? Michael, can you can you save me on this one? I can't. Ah! <laughs> I'm gonna be real with you, Chief. No, I can't. No, that one's on. That's on you. That <laughs> one is all you. I should know his name. I feel better. I feel. I feel worse for this. Another guy that we didn't expect to go late, Joey Porter Jr., falling to the essentially the second round, still the 32nd pick. What do we think about that? He was also, I believe, he's the third corner, third or fourth corner off the board after being looked at to be the first one to go from every team. I mean, Colby, what do you think about that? Um, I didn't I I really didn't watch um I didn't really see any Penn State games, but from from the sound of it, it sounded like he was going to be like a solid first round pick and uh, you know, and hearing the reactions from you know, ESPN and you know, some guys who really did their research, they were really surprised that he fell and they were re- and um yeah, they were just shocked that he fell that he fell out of the first round, and you know it sounds like an enormous steal for the Steelers. Yeah, and playing for the dad, playing for the team that his dad played for. But wrapping up the NFL talk for this segment here on the Double Double on KLJX LP Flagstaff, I want to thank our guests Colby Young and Michael Manny. Do you guys have any words to say before we send you off? This is my last. Well, actually, this is probably my second to second to last time ever uh, appearing on my beloved radio station here so uh, and uh, sec- first time I've, second time I've been on your guys' show so always appreciate it guys of course of course Colby you got anything I'm not even going to try to follow that <laughs> well we will be right back here with NBA talk right after a short little break here on KLJX LP Flagstaff Hello and welcome back to the Double Double here on KLJX LP Flagstaff. I am your co-host Tyler Murphy alongside my co-host Tony Mealy. Tony, how are you doing today? Doing good. As you know, slow Monday, so I call it the morning, but we'll be all right. Mm-hmm. We'll be all right. What And going into our NBA talk in the second segment, we have returning Wes Wait, The sixth week? Six week in a row? Maybe fifth? Who knows? Who knows? Too many. Good to have you back on. How's your day going, Wes? It's been pretty good, man. How about you? It's going good. Day is almost over. So 
I I'd say it's going going good. Just got this to finish it off, and this is my cherry on cherry on cherry on the ice cream, cherry on the Sunday. But we've had an electric playoffs this year. I want to say, I first want to just get into the Warriors and the Kings really quickly, just because that series was so good. But that that series, sorry guys for that little pause in the break. If you can hear us, we were having some technical difficulties. But that series went all the way to seven. And I'm trying to find, pull up the final score here. It was 120 to 100. Wes, how did we feel about that ending to the series? I mean, I said it a week or two ago, man, Warriors in six or seven, I truly believe that. Um, Steph Curry is Steph Curry. You know, when it, came, when it came down to it, it's about experience, and those guys have been there before. I feel like, especially after that game six loss, they had, they had that let's go finish this factor. And even going to Sacramento to an extent, that's probably still that still probably felt like a home game to them. You know, that's just up the road, you know, <laughs> still in California. So it, it probably felt like just like a home game. And Steph Curry put on a show. The supporting cast got out the way and did their thing, played great defense, and I, I truly expected that. Yeah, you know, I totally thought the Golden State Warriors were going to take it in six or seven too. But just the fact that the Kings were able to push it to seven against the Warriors, I thought was almost absolutely amazing. I mean, for the first time being in the playoffs since I was a little kid and the graphics were terrible on video games, uh, doing this to the Warriors, who's, who has Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, I mean, that's, that's a solidified group. You can't really speak down on them. I feel like they've had bad years in the past before, but that's just because the team was severely injured and they were just playing with scraps. But I honestly do believe that the Kings, maybe in years to come, just from a little bit more experience, they will do better and bigger things. But I think the Warriors going in... I think the Warriors were going to have that series no matter what. But, Tony, what what do you think about that Warriors and Kings series? I really liked it. That was a really gritty series from both sides. The Warriors, obviously, they have the experience, like you were saying. So, I mean, they have that one leg up on everyone. And then you got the Kings, who are definitely a younger team. But you've got some bright stars, definitely in the future. And like you said, for years to come, I think they'll be up there in the West. I think so, too. But with that and also the Lakers beating the Grizzly Bears or you could probably say the Teddy Bears, the way LeBron and the Lakers handled them, you have the Warriors and the Lakers, which is a little bit more meaningful than previous years of what they would have been. It's LeBron and Steph Curry in the playoffs again, going, you know, not in the finals, but they're both trying to get to the same spot. Wes, what, 
what's this meaning like just for as an NBA fan or NBA fans seeing LeBron versus Curry again? It feels like the uh, the 2016 vibes. I mean, it feels like, you know, before KD got to um, Golden State, it feels like that 2016 year where, you know, it was the best of the best and the supporting cast. You know, they're older now, but I feel like it, it gives it you that, that old feeling when we was in high school watching that for the first time. Hopefully everybody stays healthy this um, this year on both sides. I feel like this is going to be a, probably the most exciting series this far. I think so, too. I personally can't wait, and I'm super excited for it. But I do know that at the end of Game 7, because I think it might go to Game 7 in this series, if it's not going my way, I do not know if I will be a very happy camper with the <laughs> with the Lakers or want to watch the finals a little bit more. But, Tony, what, is, what does this mean for you as an NBA fan to see LeBron and Curry again? I think it's great to see. I mean, great for everyone in the league to see. I mean, you're seeing two guys that have been going at it in the playoffs for years now since back in, what, 2014, 2015? So for almost about eight years now, these two guys have been going back and forth facing each other in the finals when LeBron was still in the East and now battling out in the West. And like you said, this game, I think the series definitely goes to seven. They're, both teams have pretty solid depth in their roster and on their bench. So, I mean, we're going to see a pretty hard-fought battle from both sides. I think so, too. I, you know, there is definitely going to be some classic moments from this game, like there always is, versus LeBron and Curry. I mean, was it last year's play-in game? When the Lakers played them, or was it a year before? Twenty twenty one. Right after the bubble. Gotcha. Yeah, and that's when the Lakers sent the Warriors packing. So, and this is the this is the next time they've seen them in the playoffs or just in postseason game <clears throat> in general. So we'll see how they how the Warriors really respond to respond coming up against the Lakers again and coming back home with an L from the last time. So I'm really excited for that motivation personally. Tony, is there any games that you're excited for or watch that you want that you wanted to get into? In the West, I mean, the Suns and Nuggets is going to be a really good series. I mean, minus the first game that the Nuggets just took away from the Suns. Absolutely, their whole team was having a day. So, I mean, that's a series we definitely have to look at. They are playing right now, so we'll have to see. But right now, I'm, I, I don't like the Suns personally, but it is the hometown team. So, I mean, you want to see them do well. But I also do like the Nuggets. So, either way it goes, makes me happy. So Yeah, I'll tell you, the score of Game 2 right now is 24-21 to 21 with the Nuggets in the lead with the – Second quarter, nine minutes and 30 seconds left. But, that, yeah, you know what? See, we've passed a certain point for myself that the Suns beat the Clippers. And in my eyes, that's kind of all you need. So, I'm fine, you know, if the Lakers get knocked out, not by the Suns eventually and then they win it, I'm fine because I, I wouldn't be able to stand it from, to hear from my friends saying the Suns beat the Lakers and then won it all, right? So, but, I, you know, if they win here, if they lose here, 
hey, I'm happy. <laughs> it's it's whatever for me. But I really do think the Nuggets have a good team. I think the Suns, if they don't make it, there's definitely going to be a lot of thoughts and looks going into their direction. And if Chris Paul is going to be the option going down forward or is Kevin Durant. But, Wes, what do you, what do you think about this Suns and Nuggets situation? Um, I'm a diehard KD fan, man. When the trade went through, I was going – it was – I look at it as like this. First year is going to be the, t- the trial run. You know, you don't have the depth that you once had and a whole lot of teams were pretty much – Every team from here on now is going to be deeper than the Suns. So that that front, the the starting five is going to have to wield them to a championship. But I don't, I didn't really expect much from this first season. I mean, it's not the you don't get a full season of KD and D book, and I feel like, and that's okay because you know they're going there. The, just getting this far it would be a proud moment, giving the time he got traded and the you know the amount of games that he only played up until now. Um, you can never count out KD, though, to an extent. You're going against a very good team in the Nuggets, who's the number one seed, but you can never count out KD. You saw what he did in um, that series against the Bucks in 2021 when Harden mm-hmm. was 50% and Kyrie didn't even play. If you can – now that you have D-Book, who I feel like is the second-best ISO player that KD has ever played with after Kyrie. <laughs> you, mean, you mean Curry? If we're going ISO – Oh, I'm taking Kyrie over. Kyrie. Oh, okay. Yeah, if we're going just straight iso ball, I feel like Kyrie and D book got uh, it on Curry. Oh, I don't know. Curry. I, mean, oh, he, I don't know if D book. I, I don't Curry. know. Just, you I, gotta. You. I'll take Kyrie. You look at it like this, man. Curry. Of course, I'm not saying he can't create his own shots because by far he can. Man, but he could drive in the paint at the, any moment. Hey, he's he's put CP3 man. in a blender, Tour my guy. Extent. He passes the ball to Draymond, run around for two minutes, and then he's open, tiring everybody out. Hey, it works. It works, but if we're going straight iso ball, D-Book and Kyrie, man. Oh, <laughs> Come man. on, man. Is, is Harden up there then? Iso? At the time playing with KD, I'll probably say no. That's tough. If he was to play with Houston James Harden, he would probably be number one, honestly. Yeah, I, I even over that. Kyrie. <laughs> but uh, I can see that. Dude, these are just James such Harden hard discussions. Such a tough discussion. I'll give it to you, man. Wow. I just feel like straight man. straight ISO ball, man. Kyrie and D-Book are on a different level. I mean, speaking of getting into – let's get into the East. Yeah. Let's talk about the Bucks losing to the Heat. <laughs> Correction, Jimmy <laughs> Butler. <laughs> I mean – what was it? Six games? Five games? Five. In, or one. Mm-hmm. Beating the, five. the number one seeded Bucks in five <clears throat> games and putting the team on his back in game five, hitting an absolutely crazy alley oop buzzer beater to send him to overtime. And then they just took over. Even with players fouling out late in the game, <clears throat> Jimmy Butler still controlled the pace and let the heat. Because Jimmy them. Butler is him. Jimmy I've is never him. seen a. Oh buzzer beater like that in my life the second coming of michael jordan when it comes to the playoffs i don't know what switch he turns on <laughs> but and i mean they'd also just beat uh, the knicks in game one too so in new york yeah in new york <laughs> and we know how new york gets when it's they start getting beat environment if they win the championship new york won't be a state anymore <laughs> that it's just gonna it's just gonna burn down. It's just gonna be an apocalypse zone. Yeah, they're they are just it's just not gonna go, it's not gonna go over well. 
Uh, that or Philly. If Philly were to win the championship too, ain't no way ma- Philly making it. No, I hope. But they, I mean, the Celtics—they just, they just they beat just the lost. Celtics without Embiid, man. And with Harden that. dropping forty-five on, I think now it was, would they win the series without Embiid? Of course not. But I just, yeah, I see that score today. Any, well, I think wow, seventeen to thirty-two. If they so, get Embiid back, that'll be that'll be clutch. Oh man! But as far as the Bucks, man. With me, with the Bucks, I just feel like Giannis is too respectable to his coach. Because I feel like it goes back to 2021 when he said the same thing he said this year. If He basically said, if coach wanted me to guard the best player, then I would guard the best player. But you, have, you are a former defensive player of the year. You have to tell your coach you're going to guard the best player. 2021, KD's going off. You didn't, you didn't see Giannis on him primarily at all, unless it was a switch. This year – you see Jimmy Buck is going off, and I feel like Giannis can guard Jimmy Butler without a problem. He can at least contain him. Yes, and I just feel like you're too respectful to your coach. You're the, you are the franchise. They'll let go of that coach before they let you go. Oh, yeah. So I just feel like in the most respectable way, be disrespectful. <laughs> say, I say, think he deserves I'm guarding Jimmy Butler. I'm guarding Jimmy Butler. Like, I mean, like he's the defensive player of the year. Two years, two years in a row, I believe. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. and anyone to talk, anyone that should <laughs> be able to talk to their coach the way they want, it should it's be honest. Because that, um, oh my God, that man is just—he deserves it, man. Yeah, he he's has, hurt though. I mean, even for Toe. one, he came back. He, he only missed, missed one, one game. game. Who knows? And though, and it was still, that was their one yeah. win. Who knows if it's still bothering <laughs> him? Even though. Still, Jimmy. 40. The thing is with that, Jimmy Butler was. Hey, Michael Giannis. Jordan had a flu a game. Solid, <laughs> Jimmy Butler was guarding Giannis a solid amount of possessions in each game too. So you're yeah, telling me yeah. that he Giannis can't go out and guard Jimmy, <laughs> or at least put a different defender on him. Jimmy yeah. Butler was, or not Jimmy Butler, or yeah, Jimmy Butler was cooking Drew Holiday. So I mean, if your best player isn't guarding your best player, it's, it's a problem. Yeah, that, that, there's an issue there that I think the Bucks really need to uh, reevaluate in this off season. Sure. It's uh, the Bucks. I and mean, I heard something too, man. Chris Middleton might not even come back for this next season. Oh, that's that's a big hit. That's <laughs> a really is. big that's, that's hit. That's your number two scoring. I mean, he was. In, I mean, how much was he injured this season? He was hurt for majority of the season. Yeah. Hey, they still went and got a one seed. So, if they pick up someone like solid as a three or two guard or forward, it ain't even that. You, you need a guy that can score. Please. You lose him. I mean, Giannis is literally your only scorer that can't get yeah. two threes. And so. then he's gonna he, he won't leave. Yeah. <laughs> he's next. <laughs> yeah. So. Giannis ain't leaving. No, he'll. I feel like he's a pretty loyal guy, man. Yeah. He'll retire there. He ain't going anywhere see, unless it unless it gets to the point where the Bucks won't pay him. Uh, I don't see that happening. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's worth yeah. every penny. I feel like he's the next Dirk. <laughs> I mean, he has the most meaningful championship since Dirk, if, in my opinion. I agree. The most yeah. grinded out championship, I would say. You wouldn't say LeBron three down three one. That's just different. It's LeBron, so it's LeBron. it's not the same. I mean, you got to think, man, Dirk. When he beat the big three first year, knocked out Kobe, knocked out the young OKC. I mean, I don't see a – That path to the championship <laughs> was wild. I think it was better than that. No, yeah. I, don't, I don't think so. I mean, And he was sick in the game that he beat the Heat, and I'm just like – And then hey. the Heat were making fun of him pregame yeah. too. Just what a storyline there. <laughs> but Was that the year when LeBron cramped in the finals too? Um, he scored like nine points in one game. I don't. Yeah, I think it might have been. <laughs> I think so. I think it might have been. I think so. And then, um, I mean, I mean, Giannis, what he went down 0-2 in the finals. Yeah. And then rallied back all four games. Even though he That's shouldn't nuts. have, he shouldn't have 
been in the finals, in my opinion. <laughs> Kyrie don't get hurt. That series doesn't go to seven. But, hey. <laughs> That's the game where Katie's foot was on the line, wasn't it? Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. If Kyrie doesn't go down with that ankle injury, man, we beat them in six. In man, ankle injuries just ruin the NBA. Looking back at the Kawhi injury with Zaza Even with uh, Jimmy Butler last night, he stayed in the game, which is crazy. Because he's, like, he's that guy. He's, he's him. Buckets, man. Yeah, he is he's him. Guy. Like, there's no way he's going to miss the game tomorrow. He um, just loves playing ball. They're going to be back in the conference finals, in my opinion. I think they beat I, the Knicks. Oh, 100%. Sure. But then they're losing to either Philly or Boston. Yeah. Those two teams, they have so much riding. It bothers me that we have to see it in the semis and not the Eastern yeah, Conference Finals. I wish finals. the NBA, especially being a Suns fan now that we have to play the Nuggets in the second round, I wish the NBA was like the NFL where the worst team played the best team yeah. going forward. But I mean, the West is so loaded, though. It doesn't really matter <laughs> it's anymore. It's stacked regardless, but I would rather play a team right now that don't have a good center because DeAndre Aiden is very disappointing oh at my. the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Aiden, what do you think about DeAndre Aiden so far? In the postseason, he's just got it. You know what? There's no if, ands, or buts about it. At some point, you just gotta look yourself in the mirror. You just gotta say, "Hey, this is ball. This is the game I've been playing for my whole life. This isn't nothing. I'm not used to even the situation. Just subtract the situation. Maybe it, it. That's. I don't know why the situation would be getting in his head." But maybe it is for some odd reason having Kevin Durant on the team. <laughs> I don't know. You got to take that with a grain of salt. I mean, it's Kevin Durant. Yeah, it's Kevin. Yeah, Durant. but it's like I mean, you don't want to mess up. But Booker it's when KD. he's messing up. <laughs> yeah, he's and, messing, and he's, he's messing up. up. <laughs> See, so yeah. it's just it's a mental it's a mental but KD game. Is not the type of guy. KD KD's not the type of guy that's gonna get on you like that. He's, he's not just, a Kobe type. Yeah, he's ah, just, he's I don't know. You don't think so? You don't think so? is like. Hey man, we got this. Let's go get him next time. Yeah, I think I'm not nah. saying he's I think soft, he's going to be the guy get me the rock. If you say if he should. And that's not the problem. But like, DeAndre Aiden, he provides good offense. Like he's been hitting on his mid-range. It's the defense that gets me. It's like you let yeah. these offensive rebounds is crucial. Like I saw the clip. I mean I saw it in the real game also, but I saw the clip from last game where KD and Jan, KD and Jokic are just tipping the ball mm-hmm. and somebody's trying to get the rebound. He's just sitting there under the basket looking like, "Bruh, attack like you have the talent and I mean of course I feel like everybody here want to see him he's a hometown kid went to Arizona now he's with Phoenix it's just like it's not I just feel like he's not out there trying enough like his energy level is very very low yeah for sure it just it's not the eight we saw in the past few playoffs not one bit I don't know maybe he maybe he's upset that he's got the lesser role now that KD's there <laughs> when he already had CP3 yeah. CP0 rings <laughs> and Devin Booker, and he's just taking his lesser role as is. But I mean, yeah, take come that on, with man. a grain of salt, man. You're talking yeah. about two future Hall of Famers, and D. Book is on his way to be that also. So you have to take that with a grain of salt and play your role. Yeah, especially when you're a championship contender, like they are. When you have that amount of superstar <laughs> power as they do, and the chemistry that it seems that they already built yeah. so far, you you got to play your part. I pray we trade him, honestly. I, mean, I want Miles Turner. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Let's go get Miles Turner. Wasn't that from the here. trade? Yes, it was, was at first. Trade. But oh. now that KD is here, I want it to go through even more. 
know. Off-season moves. It's either that or I want CP3 to retire and Kyrie come to the Suns. I would love that also. Oh, my. <laughs> CP3 retire without CP3, a ring. Hey, man. That's, you know, why, that's his nickname for we a love reason. You. We love you. But, you know, your time has passed. Let's go get Kyrie. Yeah, his time passed after he left Lob City. But, yeah. I mean, he played solid with OKC in Houston. But no, no one wants to conquer with KD on Golden State. Yeah, no one's gotten the job done. He hasn't gotten the job done on any of the teams he's been on. <clears throat> I don't think what the Clippers didn't make it to a Western Conference Finals when he was there. The team, think so. I think they lost in the second round every time. So I mean, he's had these teams that can do it with, especially it was a young DeAndre Jordan and young Blake Griffin mm-hmm. and healthy for both of them. Yeah, right. Oh my, and they were playing out of their minds, but they, they couldn't get it done. And I hope that we don't see that with the Suns, <laughs> with this team that they have. It's just like it's like Thanos almost. You almost got Thanos. You you got almost every Infinity Stone. You almost got every position you need to be covered. Like I mean, what else do you need? They have decent bench depth. Not kind of. Well, Nuggets do too. No, I mean, they got a better. Decent. <laughs> yeah. Every team left in the mm. playoffs, East or West, has a better bench than. Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. And, I mean, the Nuggets bench went off in game one. So, you have guys like KCP, Jeff Green, and Aaron Gordon playing out of their minds. Just, yeah, why not? I mean, we say that, but I just I thought about it. Monty Williams doesn't rotate like that, though. Like, his the way he throw in players blows my mind. Like, we have TJ Warren, who I feel like he's a good scorer. Like, he's not nothing crazy. But, I mean, that's 10 to 12 points off the bench if he can get going. You have, um, what's his name, Terrence Ross, who in Orlando was going off. I mean, we're not asking you to go out there and drop 20, 25 points. Give us 8 to 12 off the bench. Give KD and Book a break. And they have, like, but no, but we're throwing freaking Landry Shamit out there. Shamit? <laughs> With the bucket. Shamit with the bucket. I was like, bruh. I don't know. Shamit and freaking um, Damian Lee. They they did not re-sign him on Golden State for a reason. Why is he? <laughs> I didn't even know TJ Warren was on the Suns. Exactly. I haven't heard anything about him since exactly. the bubble. That's the last time I he heard anything. With, I think he was in the trade with KD. Oh, that's right, because it went yeah. through the Pacers part yeah. of that trade, didn't it? That's right. So. TJ Warren is just... He's a wild card. You can send that bubble air back. Right. I mean, we're not <laughs> they need that Disneyland air back. We're for not him. asking for nothing crazy, man. Just give us 10 off the bench and we're cool. Yeah, that's really all they need. Keep up the pace that the, the start starting five set and just continue to run with it. Try to keep momentum. Don't put yourself in a deficit. I mean, because you're going to be open. Like, there's not going to oh, yeah. be any point where these bench players are on the court without Devin Booker or Kevin Durant. So once it's ISO. You're going to be open in the corner. Just hit the shot to yeah. an extent, or you just make a play. But I don't know, man. Um, I'm hoping it's just a home thing, that Denver is home, and Phoenix can come out and change this when we go come back to Phoenix for game three or four. But we'll see. Yeah. We, we will see. There's a lot. There's still a good amount of game left to be played in these playoffs and you know what it's kind of a shame that we don't have this radio station for this show for as long as the playoffs continue continue to go but with that being said 
Wes, a big thank you for being here. For how many times you're just a co-host at this point? <laughs> you, you, it's, yeah, and we, you know what? We got one more show. If you sign up, if you're there, you are the co-host with it. I'm gonna introduce you. That's that's how it's gonna be. I don't know why I didn't introduce you as a co-host for this show, but anything you want to tell the people that you're going through in life right now, you want to leave them off on? Man, just have, just live life, man. Have a great day. Have a great week. Let's finish our final strong. Let's get to the summer. I love it. I love it. Yes, finish final strong and get to the summer. Chase that bag, people. And with that being said, stick around here on KLJX LP Flagstaff for the double-double. We will be right back. Welcome back here to the double-double here on KLJX LP Flagstaff. Here joining me for this last segment is Will Hopkins. And right now we have the real-life example, which I have this week, and I'll have Will explain to you guys what the real-life example is. So basically, the real-life example is a comparison between sports and the real world that allows everybody to kind of understand better what this means. You know, there's a lot of times where we can sit here and we can talk X's and O's. We can talk about how the Suns are losing because they're getting out-rebounded. We can talk about all of that or how Nikola Jokic is so good but it'd be much easier to explain it as like rebounds in basketball are like the vegetables you know the points are the are the protein when you're trying to build a when you're trying to build a big body like you got there tony you're trying to uh you you need to eat a lot of protein right but you also need a, a good dynamic you get fruit for the assists to get you a little sugar boost sometimes that's not going to be too high on calories and you get vegetables to get is your rebounds and you need all of that in order to better your body i'm glad that i just came up with this on the spot by the way i think that was a pretty good one but it's something like that so this week i've got it so my real life example is this week we're going to talk about in the the sports world jimmy butler Mm. jimmy butler has had one of the most underdog stories that you can honestly think of at 13 was homeless gets brought in by this family goes through college goes to i believe it was marquette and now he's in the nba and he's killing it he's been killing it ever since he's gotten the league from the bulls now to the heat i mean the timberwolves and the sixers he's been uh, doing yeah, i don't know what we can say about the timberwolves I mean, in hey, Minnesota. that's on them <laughs> that's on tom thibodeau there he played really he's played, he played solid yeah but the underdog story of jimmy butler is kind of crazy when you think about it Mm -hmm. but relating that to myself as you know you know you've heard my a story through high school sports I started my freshman year of wrestling I don't really count my football career of freshman year anything um my freshman year we I was injured from football so I started the season late and then later in the year I made it to varsity after going through a bunch of injuries that still deal with that and all of that kind of stuff, I get asked by my coach if I want to go to the sectional tournament, which is so how we is how you would get to the state tournament. I went 0-2, absolutely got destroyed at every varsity tournament we went to. My sophomore year, I lose the wrestle off to become uh, to be the varsity wrestler that gets sent to sectionals at my weight class. And then I come back my junior year and we obviously COVID was still into effect, so we go through that. I lose in the match that I needed to win to go to state. I lost the match that I definitely should have won. 
And then the end of my junior year, I get hurt after in the off season. I don't wrestle my senior year after recovering and everything. I found the gym. And then after that, I mean, everything I do from now currently to me has been an underdog story. People are like, oh, you shouldn't be doing this because of your neck, all that kind of stuff. Why are you doing this? You don't need to do that. And to me, I'm like, I think I need to. And and now I'm in powerlifting. I'm competing in wrestling for the last time this year just to have a send-off and just to kind of encapsulate what I worked for back in high school and what I want to work towards. I The biggest thing is it, you got to go for it. If you're not putting it fully in there, it's just kind of tough. But the biggest thing is I've been an underdog since day one. And to me, it's just about grinding to get to where you want to be. And right now, I think I believe where I'm – that's where I want to be. Mm-hmm. I'm right where I want to be. Yeah. And that's the real-life example I have set for this week. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Jimmy Butler, you know – yeah, Jimmy – a lot of NBA players are, frankly, in a position where they shouldn't be, you know, given the circumstances. You have, like, 0.3% of high school basco- varsity high school basketball players go on to play in the NBA. And that's just insane, like – it, it always watching drafts like I, I'm always reminded of it. Like last week we watched the uh, we watched the NFL draft together at Buffalo yeah. Wild Wings, and it always is incredible to me that just 60 players go in the NBA draft every year, and a lot of undra- there's not a lot of undrafted guys that make it to the league and make a huge impact. It's mostly just like those guys that get drafted most of the time, even just in the first round. But in the NFL and in the MLB, you hear about these guys that are like sixth, seventh rounders that just are, are like kill it. You know, Tom Brady was a sixth rounder. I, I can't imagine he would have been drafted. I, I can't imagine he would have been signed by an NBA team with the way like with the way he played in college, you know. And so that's that's a really good example. I think Jimmy Butler of, of all NBA players is an underdog. And I just found I just went and looked up the odds of a male high school athlete playing in college in the 2022-2023 year. It's like 3%, right? Playing the, at the D1 level for basketball mm-hmm. is 0.9%. Yeah, okay. In the entire country. You have 17 to 1 odds for college in general and 110 to 1 odds to go D1. And for wrestling, it's similar to playing college at all. 5.2% and 1.2% make it to the D1 level. Yeah. Well, there's something to be said for basketball because it's a really unique sport with much fewer players, too. You know, football requires a level of toughness that not a lot of kids have. Like, I'm just going to be frank. I played high school football my freshman year and then decided, nah, I ain't doing that. Like, that's painful. I'm scared. Uh, And, you know, I played a little in middle school, but high school was just such a different level. And I watched one of my high school teammates go through a uh, neck injury that – you know, like yourself, you know, just kind of derailed his career. And as a 14-year-old kid, you're sitting there and you're evaluating it, and you're like, man, I, I can't. And every time you go, I went to hit and, like, a drill after that, I was just like, no, that's not what I'm doing. Yeah, it's just – it's kind of terrifying, especially when you see someone else go through it. I couldn't imagine mm-hmm. how my teammates felt because, I mean, my freshman year of high school, I left an ambulance off the field due to a concussion and back injury. So I can't imagine – how that feels. I don't know how that feels. I mean, I went back to playing sports right after. I mean, I wasn't going to stop. And I mean, still today, I don't know how my friends feel about seeing such a thing. And especially the way 
my other injury went yeah in the freak accident that it was you got to worry about oh if i hit my head this wrong way i'm gonna this could happen yeah and it's just it's kind of terrifying because you don't know yeah you never know when it could be an end for you just in general you know like you see damar hamlin like that hit and that's a real wake-up call for a lot of people like i'm sure there are nfl fans that didn't play uh, frankly i'm an nfl fan that i don't think played football at least at a really competitive level but like there's hundreds of thousands of nfl fans out there that haven't played at any level and getting to see having to watch a player get carted off the field and cpr be used like that had to be a wake-up call for a bunch of people yeah i mean i couldn't imagine the players on the field Mm -hmm. i mean you could tell everyone was just like they had no idea and I mean, it's something. It's something that has to be said for those guys because they've all been playing football for so long that, like, I, I have a hard time imagining Joe Burrow hasn't seen an injury like that, you know, or hasn't seen an injury that involves someone getting in an ambulance and going home, you know. Yeah, I think any of them, any of the players on the field. And I mean, imagine how uh, T. Higgins must have felt. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy he got death threats. Yeah, he got death threats because of he was just playing football. Yeah, of something abnormally, like these, the odds of it happening are absolutely crazy. I remember seeing something about it. Well, we see hundreds of hits every game. Yeah, and there's been more than a hundred years of the NFL at this point. Like it's, it's just not the reality that that's something that's going to happen frequently. You know? Yeah, it's just it's kind of terrifying that you never know whether it's going to be. Uh, you're going to have a nice game and be all right? Or what's going to happen to me? And I'm sure, I mean, a lot of the guys have that in the back of their head. And, I mean, it's kind of just a mental thing they tune out. But, I mean, now after seeing that, you guys, you got a lot of guys. I mean, especially with the head injuries that we had last season. I don't mm-hmm. – I, I also – I did a research project on it about concussions and about them. Uh, they were really up this season, and I – couldn't remember the reason why they were up i think like eight percent or something yeah. from the previous few seasons i mean we saw it with uh tua tagalavoa and he got uh, like like three yeah in a span of a few games yeah well you know there's still a little bit of an alleged there you know we don't know about the first one we don't know if that first one that he suffered and went in at halftime we don't know if that's a real I mean, I'll tell you that I think just in general, in sports, concussions are getting cracked down on. You know, a lot of soccer leagues are talking about taking heading out of the game. That That's like a conversation that FIFA has had. Wow. And if it's a f- conversation that FIFA has had, it really feels like it's only a matter of time before. So even something like soccer, you know, is thinking about taking it out. I... I, I partially think that it's just because we have more diagnoses of them yeah now we know the harsh effects that it can have mm-hmm. and we've seen it now i mean now that it's really all out there the nfl is trying to put it out there i mean that's why in baseball a sport that really isn't any contact you can't run into the catcher if you want to get to home plate yeah. it is now a penalty or something yeah, against the runner or the catcher it's a suspension for yeah the, for which I, the mlb re- can review it yeah and it's They've taken that away, and that used to be a big part of baseball, and it was a pretty big thing. Yep. But now you see it, when it happens, guys getting hurt, and it's uh, kind of tough. And I mean, now in basketball, you're seeing so many more foul calls mm-hmm. due to anything 
Yep. And like you're protecting the shooters where they land mm-hmm. so they don't sprain their ankles, break their ankles. To like be honest with you, I feel like basketball is the one where they're taking it away. Where they're like, because basketball doesn't have a concussion problem. You don't use your head for anything no. in basketball. You, uh, you use, uh, but I feel like we're seeing a, it, it taken away because shooters are no longer allowed to make contact in the air. Like the shoot and flopping's becoming, getting cracked down on. Just like in soccer, but that's, you know, it's rarely towards your head when you're flopping. Like, there's a lot of scary injuries out there that a lot of leagues are trying to crack down on. And, and the reality is, in football, you're not getting rid of concussions. If you keep playing football, it's, it won't happen. Yeah. I mean, even I, how many rules they put in mm-hmm. and how many rules they already have with yeah. the kickoff changes mm-hmm. and how many, how, much, how many things you can review now yep. is absolutely insane. I mean, soon football isn't going to be what it was at, at all. No, yeah. you got to wonder if the change in the pro bowl is like a precursor and it's not it's not like it's going to be soon that that change comes around but two in touch football leagues you know are gaining popularity and flag flag and you know seven on seven football is becoming a way of high school players like there are kids getting recruited just for their receiving tape in seven on seven and quarterback tape you know yeah that's correct a lot of high a lot of high schools that are too small to have actual football programs and you know i i say actual with like a kind of air quotes around it because it's whatever you want to make it but it, there are a lot of smaller high schools out there that are just resorting to doing seven on seven and you know their texas introduced a uh, girls seven on seven football league oh wow it's an official like sport out there which that's really cool like gender equality and everything i i, I really like seeing that and, and you got to wonder about what the future of the game holds there i also you know just if i can comment on the sport that i play which is ultimate frisbee you know, at a, you know, there's you you got to watch a couple games this year. There's no, there, there's no head injuries there. No. But there was one moment. I don't know if you were commentating this game or if you were there. There was one moment where we were playing against an Arizona State team. I was there. And they uh, they there was a kid who went up to make an awkward catch, didn't stick the landing, and hit his head on the on the turf. And this year, new new rule according to uh, according to our rule book, anytime. A player hits their head, and I don't know if that's true across all Division One sports. Um, but anytime a kid hits their head on the floor or whatever you know surface they're playing on, they have to come off the they have to come off to get checked. Like he had to walk across and get checked by the trainer, and the trainer you know just looked at him and was like, "Yeah, you're 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 totally fine. I'm not worried about it." But even even then, it's you know it's a it's a means that our governing body is putting in to kind of protect us. Yeah, I definitely. I mean, I think rules need to be set in place. I mean, in college it happens. Your helmet comes off, you have to come out for mm-hmm. a play. Yeah. And, I mean, that's the biggest thing. And now, I mean, even if you don't even get a hit to the head, whether it's in, like, the chest, shoulder area, mm-hmm. they're worried about it because they don't – you don't know. Yeah. Because w- any way your head gets knocked around, whether it's hitting the turf mm-hmm. or anything, a helmet to helmet hit, they're going to check you out. They'll take your helmet away. You could be done for the half or be done for the game. Yep. And, I mean, you see it a lot in college right now. They're really taking the time to look after the future – of the NFL, mm-hmm. essentially. And, I mean, I think the NFL needs to reevaluate some of their rules. Yeah. I think they need to be more cautious about these hits because, I mean, we saw the problem with Tua and the backlash they got from that, even letting him play in a, a game or two after. Yeah, it was the next week. He yeah. played, like, I think he played Thursday night football that week because everybody yeah, was, was watching it. was a short it. week. Yeah. That's correct. It was a short week, and then he got hit. It was, it was the Bengals game mm-hmm. where he got slammed down at the 50-yard line and just – smacked his head back and, and everyone up, was like yeah threw up the gang signs yeah like he couldn't had, move his hands he had no idea his hands were just like 
stuck. Locked, yeah. yeah. And there was nothing, absolutely nothing he could do. And you're like, you got to think about that. You're like, what is it going to do to this guy? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you got to wonder long term. And CTE is something that you can't pick up. There's certainly speculation around certain NFL players having CTE or retired recent NFL players, i.e. Antonio Brown. Yeah, having uh, having CTE already, and there a lot of their actions are based on that. But you know, I, I, I it is curious as to what's gonna what the future of the game yeah. holds. It's really just a tough, tough situation mm-hmm. that they're in, yeah. in protecting the players as a whole. I mean, in every sport right now, that's what they're mm-hmm. worried about. Yep. The health and safety of their players, especially the NFL. Yep. Seeing what happened this past season with everybody. Absolutely. And the crazy. NFL at least has the cop, uh, not the cop out, but like the, the reasoning of we're paying these guys millions of dollars oh, a yeah. year to do this. Like that's, you at least have that reasoning behind your, behind your game. Whereas like, as you go down the levels, we, we talked a lot about college. We talked a lot about high school. No high school kids are getting paid to do this. Like they're all out here just playing mostly for the love of the game. There are some that are playing to try and earn, earn a college scholarship. And you know, to those people, you know, good for you. Congratulations. But yeah, it's kind of crazy that these kids are that these kids are getting like putting their bodies on the line in such a dramatic fashion. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy. I mean, now we're seeing players stay in college a lot longer because of pay now, because you can get paid. I mean, that's a whole other topic. I think that needs to get re-looked over with the amount because it's absolutely crazy. Kids are staying in college now back opposed to years ago mm-hmm. they weren't they uh, right after their three years hit or a year hit they were going right to the league yeah or if they could if they were good enough to do so yeah well it's three years to get drafted and there's a kid at up at oregon who's on going to be on year 10 by the time he leaves college football he's mm-hmm. he was uh he signed with them back in 2016 and he had uh, and he he's a tight end i don't remember his name but he has eligibility through uh 2026 because of injuries, COVID, like a weird combination of all this stuff. Oh, my. Yeah. He's going to be almost, what, 30? Yeah, we joke about Stetson Bennett. That's absolutely – no one's – I mean, the, uh, the, the him going to the league, highly unlikely. Oh, no, yeah, he's just – but he's going to have, like, four degrees, a master's, and <laughs> – I'll Probably all paid for, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll full yeah. ride. Well, I, I, if I were a walk-on at that point, I'd just be like, nah. Sorry. <laughs> out. Yeah, I'm going to just drop out. But, yeah. I mean, that's absolutely 10 years. I wouldn't be dropping out. I'd be graduating. <laughs> that man's probably graduated twice by now. That's crazy. He's two years older than me, and I'm, I've been in college for an extra year. Wow. Yeah. That's So if he wanted to restart his, pro, his life entirely, like restart entirely, erase all of his credits off the face of the earth, which, like, the reality is he didn't. What? Yeah. That's, that's, ins- that's absolutely insane. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right. Through 2026. Yeah. But, I mean, with concluding with that, this has been the double-double here on KLJX LP Flagstaff. I'm here with Will Hopkins, and we will see you guys next semester.